Hi, this is Ben Lowe with Back to the Bible Canada, and uh, we're continuing with our episodes of Truth and Life today with Dr. John Newfeld. And we have Dr. John here. We're going to be talking about, I just think, a real timely issue. And I don't think it's a new issue, but it just seems with media and social media and television and fake news and all those wonderful uh, words that we can uh, use from the media, uh, that we want to talk about the issue of hate. And uh, in some respects, I'm not even sure where to start today because there's so many images that are raw in my mind in respect to what's gone on in the last few weeks in respect to hate. And we see marches of different people from different perspectives of political views and racist uh, perspectives and it, it just goes on and on. And maybe I can ask you, and this may be a little unfair, but hate, where does it all come from? Yeah, well obviously hate is rage in the soul and uh, so I think that what we are seeing is, especially in a, in a world or in a culture, I should say, that's fracturing more all of the time, in which there is the center is becoming undone. And so the center no longer remains. So we're celebrating diversity, but we don't even know what holds diversity together. I mean, is it just, you know, good feelings towards one another? I mean, what holds that together? We, we no longer are articulating that. And as culture fractures further and further, uh, harder questions are being asked about how do I relate to people that I just fundamentally disagree with. Um, so I, I think that a lot of that deals with frustration that people are feeling, anger that they're feeling. Um, so we're, I think, just shouting louder and not listening anymore. And I think that is a, 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 that's just a description of what I think is happening uh, in all of North American culture. It just seems like there's a real lashing out though, doesn't it? It seems like uh, everything sort of bubbled to the top all of a sudden and, and people are just fed up with each other. And, and I'm just wondering, what's at the root of that? Yeah, I do think that when Jesus taught us to love our enemies, I see a couple of things in that. When he says, love your enemy, he is admitting that you have enemies. Okay. So I think from a scriptural vantage point, that we recognize that we don't simply call everything righteousness. We don't. But on the other hand, our response to unrighteousness can't be this, this sense of lashing out that you talk about, um, this, this anger and vitriol that gets poured out to simply discredit the other, but rather what actually emanates from us is love and a willingness to reach out and a willingness to bless the person whom we fundamentally disagree with. I think that's a Christian virtue, and I think the Holy Spirit has to give you that. But if the Holy Spirit's not giving you that, and you're simply operating on the power of the flesh, I can only think that the further we fracture as a culture, the more we're going to see outbursts of this kind of nature. So uh, I, I, there can be a redemptive loop in which God uh, interacts with our culture. Perhaps He brings a revival um, in which we th see a healing, but apart from an intervention of God, I. I think we're just going to move towards darkness in all of this. Yeah. You know, I think, is it possible, I guess, that the church in response to all of this disunity uh, and its desire to sort of uh, maybe survive, but on the other hand, sort of embrace as many people as we possibly can. You know, we, we, we've sort of gone into this uh, realm of, 
of, of, of tolerance mm -hmm. and uh, inclusiveness. And, and there's nothing wrong with those in and of themselves unless they're defined wrongly or at least uh, uh, unless they, they, like you said, they have that sort of central point of, of what is all this about and, and what causes us to lash out. Yeah. So give me a sense of what tolerance is, a biblical perspective of tolerance. What might that look like? Well, I know that the passage, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that speaks about tolerance. In fact, most of the time when it's used, you tolerate that woman Jezebel, Jesus says, you know, in, uh, in the book of Revelation, yeah. um, which is not considered a positive thing. Yeah. Um, so what I think the Bible gives us a different virtue, and it's the virtue of love. Okay. So that we actually love, but we continue to be firm in what we call people to do. Ben, I think I can give an example of this. I mean, for years I pastored a church, as you know, that which ethnically diverse. I mean, that's what we were. Uh, I was translated into 12 languages on a Sunday morning uh, and uh, people from every conceivable racial background. I remember counseling a young man who was raised in a white supremacist home. He felt guilty at being at that church. So I, I had an opportunity to take him to the scripture and from the doctrine of creation and the image of God in all men and women, to tell him that that which he felt guilty about, you know, being a part of an ethnically diverse church, was in fact uh, a movement towards righteousness. So I gave him no quarter whatsoever. Um, I pointed out to him that all racism is a dishonoring of the Creator, and it is an act of wholesale rebellion against God. And I challenged him at every moment but I never stopped loving that young man. Yeah. Um, he needed to be healed, but I would give him no quarter on that which he was raised with. And I think that ends up being redemptive for him. But I can speak about that, not only about racism, but especially, I mean, the word hate gets used so significantly now uh, when it comes to sexual mores. Mm -hmm. So unless one's open to every kind of sexual expression, one must be a hater. From a biblical perspective, I can say that believers are called upon to affirm that any sexual expression outside of the marriage of one man to one woman to the exclusion of all others is actually immorality. Mm -hmm. Having said that, when I find somebody who's living with his girlfriend, I don't pour out hatred on that individual. I pour out love. I pour out graciousness. I pour out a, a, a redemptive loop to that individual while I don't give up any of the Christian standards. Yeah. So I think that we are called upon not to hate but to love. It's yeah. Jesus' command to us. Yeah. So I think the way in which Christians view hate and the way in which the culture defines it is going to look different. Yeah. It's interesting because I think that's one of the issues that society has with the church or with Christians is this whole idea that you can uh, hate the sin and love the sinner. Mm. That's even possible. In fact, I know that uh, when Trinity Western uh, took uh, a case a few number of years ago to the Supreme Court, uh, one of the dissenting voice, voices of the judges said that, I do not believe it's possible to separate the, the sin from the sinner. To, to hate one and not the other. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe that's not possible for us as individuals in our own nature, but 
as Christians, should it not be possible? Yeah, not only should it be possible as Christians, but I would argue that it is the virtue of a decent society. It's part of God's common grace to people that, you know, the old adage that used to say, I might disagree with what you are saying, but I'll defend your right to say it. I mean, that makes for a free and open society. If it's impossible to vehemently disagree with someone and still respect the person, I would argue that all that's left is totalitarianism. So I would say to that judge, you're defining a view of culture that every dictator in history is comfortable with. So I'll define anybody as a hater who disagrees with me. Um, You're going to find that in North Korea. Uh, You're going to find that in every dictatorial country in the world. So I I would think that it's the, the Christian virtue that has infused this culture with its way of thinking that we present an openness and a respect to the person with whom, who expresses ideas that we deeply disagree with. So if I could use an example, Ben, I, you know, the, the, the whole example of the white supremacist riots. So you get white supremacists marching in the street and then you get other people who are angry with them and it creates these clashes. I would argue that the Christian virtue is you do show up and say, I deeply disagree with what you're saying but it will not result in violence. It will result in a fervent discourse in which I will do everything that I can to discredit what you're saying while I still pour out love for you and even the right for you to speak that way. So in deference to the judge who said that, if what he or she is saying is correct, then all the basis for a civil society disappears. Well, thanks so much, John, for the uh, conversation today. I think it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people. And uh, we want to encourage you to, uh, if you'd like to view this again, you can go to backtothebible.ca and get all the information there and how you can view uh, today's episode or any of our back episodes as well uh, if you find interest in those things. Uh, We want to thank you for uh, being with us today. We want to thank those who support this ministry. And remember, if you'd uh, like to donate to sustain and grow this ministry, a Bible teaching ministry of Back to the Bible Canada, uh, you can call us at 1-800-663-2425 or once again, uh, visit us at backtothebible.ca. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth in Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth in Life Today.